Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, one, two, Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. On the road again. Yeah, Longhorns will be out on the road again this weekend after surviving a road tilt in Fort Worth at TCU. Now they go to Ames, Iowa. And by the way, the early weather forecast, not bad, not bad. Could be a lot worse for mid-November in Ames, Iowa. I was going to say, that could be horrible. What is it going to be, like 40s, 30s, something like that? Well, I'll tell you because I looked it up uh, it yesterday. And you never know. Things, like snow or Yeah, you could. Crazy. High winds. You could do, who knows, Yo, with the planes, man. man. Yeah, that's it. It get UGL bone chilling. No alibi. Uh, looking at about it'll be late too. It's a late game, right? Seven. So sun will be down. It'll be in the forties. It'll be. Yeah, it'll be clear. Looks okay. like sunny good, and during the day up to fifty three, and then drop to thirty overnight for a low. So it'll be in the high thirties, upper forties. It'll, football, football it'll football definitely weather. be the coldest weather, coldest game they played in this year. Sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. In uh, a true road game. They're, they play some road games, but in Texas, let's be honest, when you're playing in Texas and you're playing in Dallas or in Houston, is that a real road game for, for the Longhorns? No, this is the first true road game. It's a true since, road first game. First time they've yeah. left the States since yeah. the Alabama game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a true, true road game. Yeah, Alabama game, that was a true road I'm talking about in-conference play, I mean, so sorry, in-conference play. In-conference play, a true road game. They really hadn't had one just yet. Because even, even old Texas OU is – you know, it's neutral half. side. Half. It is half and half. You still in Texas, though. And really. I would, I would guess the Fort Worth game was sixty-five thirty-five or seventy-thirty. Yeah. You know, for TCU fans to Texas fans. Yeah. We know the Houston game was closer to fifty-fifty. Yeah. So it's been a while. The Alabama, that was a true road, but it's hard. It's been a while since they've had a true road. True road night yeah. game with kind of everything on the line. First one in conference play. You're right. A lot on the line. A lot and, on the line. Okay. So in Iowa State, they. They might end up have been the most surprising team so far. Are they third right now in the Big 12? I think they're second. No, they're second in the Big 12. You're right, because Oklahoma State lost again. Yeah, I'll give so they're second right now right in the now. Big 12. I mean, no, you're right about that. Yeah, that is, that is a surprise, considering they start the season with the gambling scandal, you know, where they have to dismiss multiple players, starters, including the quarterback, who was, by the way, he was the most uh, uh, veteran quarterback, most experienced quarterback returning in the Big 12. He was the only one last season that had played every game and started every game, and I would say they have to dismiss him because he was one of the players, allegedly, uh, that was gambling and involved in the, uh, the gambling scandal. And now they've righted the ship. Something about Matt Campbell when he's got to do more with less, he's at his best. He's at his best. <laughs> well, look, they're 6-1, and one, and the two lost teams are Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State after what happened Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the Texas still is not guaranteed a spot in the Big 12 title game. They still have to win two games here. Um, they've, they've got to they, – I mean, this Iowa State game becomes pretty critical. Well, they, they lose the two games in their out, but they still – they still guarantee the spot pretty much. If they win out. If they, well, if they win just one more. I think if they beat Iowa State, they're in. Yeah, they yeah. beat one more, they're guaranteed yeah. a spot in. Yeah, so yeah. Who's, I, who yeah. are they but playing they, as of today? Like if the season in today, yeah. who would Texas be playing in the Big uh, it would be Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State still, even yeah. though that embarrassing Oklahoma State still has the inside track because but, they have the tiebreakers over Oklahoma and over K-State. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And they didn't play Iowa State in the regular. Yes. So uh, Oklahoma State has an inside track. But, again, if Texas were to lose Saturday night, it would be – now you get a little tenuous because 
you don't have the the tiebreaker against Oklahoma. That's true. Head to head. That's a great point. Uh, right. So you you and now Iowa State would own the tiebreaker on you, and yeah, you'd be yeah. both two lost yeah, teams. You can't take that chance. You, you do have it on K State, and you haven't played yeah. Oklahoma State. So yeah. just win, baby. Got to win. win out. Just win. You gotta can't win take that game. chance. You're right. So it's closer. It's a little bit. It right feels now. like you have breathing room, but yeah. I I was you okay. know as a fan, I was thinking, well, maybe they'll go out to BYU and lose at Provo. Nope. Uh, the, mm. That would have helped to have Iowa State going in as a three-loss team, not a two-loss team, because they're yeah. right in this deal. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, it's, I, I didn't think it was that close. You're right. The Texas, they, there's no room for error here. There's no margin for error here. Yeah. I mean, you got to win. You got to win out. And you ain't got to be pretty. Just survive in advance. I don't, I'm done with point spreads and blow. Well, nope. I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. I don't care about how it looks. I know people want style points for the committee. I get that. Let's worry about the committee later after we get to the Big 12. Well, I think we have Sark talking about that. Talk, can we play that? Sark talking <laughs> we'll about, about, uh, we'll about that later. Uh, the college football yeah. playoff rankings on, and committee. Sark was asked about that after the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's style what he points. had to say about uh, you know, winning by three. I, I don't remember the exact question, but here's Sark's answer about the college football playoff rankings. That's, you know, that's not my choice. It's not my decision. All, all I care about is, like I said, going into the season. We, we had a goal and a mission to be champions this season. And to do that, we had to make it to, to Arlington December 2nd. And we've got two more games that are going to be really tough games to, to try to achieve that. And then if we can get there, then we got to go win one more game. Anything beyond that, that's out of our control, but we can control that. And so we try to keep our focus on what we can control and what's the task at hand. And the task at hand is going to Ames next Saturday night and, and playing an Iowa State team that's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Rod, so, uh, Rod I thought you said it well on Saturday, the, the revenge trio, right? The chance yeah. to avenge the TCU loss of a week of a year ago, which, you know, embarrassing, a tough one, yep. uh, national TV game day in town. You did that, you won the game. Now you get to avenge the last time you made a trip to Ames, Iowa, and that was the Bo Davis rant because you laid mm-hmm. down and didn't play with a lot of passion in that game. Didn't Remember, that was 7 nothing at the half. They ended up losing like, 30 to 7 or whatever. Just got dominated. And Bo Davis went ballistic on the bus because there was laughter and chatter. And how do I get my ass kicked? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, he, I think he was waiting on a player to do it. And then the player stepped up and they, they didn't want to be a leader and hold their, player, their teammates accountable. He's like, well, I'll do it then. Well, I think he's mad that he got on the bus <laughs> and there was some laughter going on. You think this is funny? This is funny to you? Uh, so that was two years. You could avenge that game and show how far your program is coming. Obviously, the final game with Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. The. All the smack talk, Rod. Everything yeah. goes through Lubbock, baby. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Hey, but you know what? They still got the dub on you. And that's what you got to go back and, and avenge. avenge. And if you, you do, you'll be dub. playing in Arlington on December the 2nd, as Sark just said. Yeah. Which is your mission, as yeah. he called it. The farewell tour becomes a revenge tour. And for Texas, man, I will say, I will say it can be dangerous. Matt Campbell. This can be a dangerous – you know their they're, they're crowd's going to be pumped up. It's a night game, and it's the last time they'll ever – welcome Texas football. There's there's no chance ever, unless it's a bowl game of some kind, that Texas will play Iowa State. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> ever. Ever again. There's no conversation about it. They know it. We know it. This is it. Um, but it's more motivation for them to come in and pull out all the stops. And they know what's on the line, too. I mean, they pull off this upset, then they are, they're on the inside track to make the Big 12 title game, potentially. 
All right. So uh, we mentioned Jimbo Fisher out. We'll talk more about the possible replacements for Jimbo and where they're going to go. Ooh, I got one for this one. Ooh, Ty, you know the sound I just said you? Can you have it ready to go? Yeah, let's do. Mississippi State has fired Will Arnett. No, nah. well, not Will Arnett. Will Arnett was the, is the actor. Zach Arnett. Zach sorry. Arnett. <laughs> Will Arnett. <laughs> he wishes he was Will Arnett. Did he have a lot Zach of Zach Arnett is the, the coach who replaced Mike Leach when he passed away. Who was the D.C. there yes. at, uh, under Mike Leach, right? He's a, a year, right? Yeah, he, not even. He took over when Mike Leach passed away last December, and he took over. But he, they're we, bad, and it was built yeah, I mean, Mike Leach's team. And now can we agree that that's unfair to him? Totally. There's no way, there's no way he's had time totally. to you know, build the roster. Anyway, I think man. they're just saying, so, Will. Or, or, you weren't the guy. We didn't want you anyway. We just needed a stopgap, and now we're going to find our guy. That's right. So you basically just made him an interim. Why'd you hire him then? Yeah, just well, kept the interim tag on him. A year of pay. You know, maybe he can hang on or something. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. He's out. And there are reports out of Fayetteville that Sam Pittman may be out at Arkansas. So this is that season, right? Once um, one big domino goes. Yeah, because you think you can upgrade. Yeah, you feel like, you know, listen, if, if Jimbo leaves and then say they go get them a big whale of some kind, then that means coaching carousel start. Do you believe you can upgrade over Sam Pittman? Well, we had somebody Probably text so. us who's listening on our app from Boise, Idaho, says the folks up here think they're getting Jeff Choate. To be the new head coach. Oh, that's a good hire for them. And he's been he's been interviewed for a couple of jobs. Even Jeff, since he's been here at Texas, a couple of jobs have come open that they've considered him. Jeff Choate is the linebacker coach. coach and works with yes, PK. He's Cosa. a West Coast guy. He's and he coached West up Coast. there. Yeah. A, he was a head coach in Montana somewhere. Is it, did a, yeah, he's coasting Idaho. He's been all over the West Coast. So that would be good. Yeah. Uh, meat and potatoes guy out there in Boise doing a good job with the Longhorn linebackers. So thanks for that little tip. And it's that season with Jimbo out. But you yeah. had a piece of sound you wanted to play? Well, yes. Uh, this is actually uh, from uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, apparently, he's now potentially lobbying to try to see if the Aggies will go after Dion, or maybe Dion should be interested in the Aggies. Here is uh, Stephen A. Smith. Dan Orlovsky brought up the name Dion Sanders for Texas a and That's what I've been saying. Deion Sanders in the SEC with that vault that they have available to them, with them hogs that he could, re- he could recruit, because he doesn't have them at Colorado, and he ain't going to get them. Deion said, I don't think they'll do it. He could not beat my Wildcats last weekend, that's for sure. Texas A&M, primetime Deion Sanders in the SEC, that needs to happen. Well, I would agree that would be fun, but I'm going to say Florida is the more likely spot. How about them? How about if he went to Florida as a Florida State player back in the day? That'd be disastrous for Florida State. But, I mean, Florida State, they're playing good football right now, and they're killing it. But, man, that is – you know, Dion in that state where he's from, where he's became a legend going to Florida, which is one of your rivals, it's just going to make your life hell for no reason at all. Maybe that's why the Aggies, as I mentioned earlier, one name I haven't heard that I would throw out there, is Florida State coach Mike Norvell, who's from Irving, Texas, yeah, originally. It's a good one. And he cleaned up Jimbo's mess in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he knows Not how bad. to clean up Jimbo's messes. You know how to change diapers these days, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of ish to clean up down there in yeah, England. But you're right. They, it, it, that's a good, I never thought about that, but that may be a sleeper. That's a good one. Well, if you're the if you're the Aggies, you want to make a big splash. He's proven himself at multiple but, spots but, now. But you're you probably feel like Dion. Probably wouldn't do it or not a fit or whatever. He's looking for something else. I don't know. But then Urban Meyer, I mean, that name's mm, going to percolate, but that's – Please don't do Don't Urban. do that, Don't please. do Urban Aggies. And I'm not saying that just as a Longhorn fan who, you know, I don't want to – I don't, I don't want to see you guys obviously have great success, but I'm just saying this as a sympathizer to the Aggie cause. We almost made the Urban Meyer <laughs> mistake too here in Texas. I think that's – I think it's – he's done. 
I think he's done. I, I part of me wonders that he's still he's doing that, that podcast. He's, he's still, complained about the transfer portal and NIL too. Right. Uh, I think he's but, kind of but he is a, but he is a huge ego guy. And his last stop was a miserable performance in Jacksonville. Guys like that don't like that to be the end, right? Can you yeah. finish with a bang? I don't know because, of course, he won huge at Florida, won huge big at Ohio State, was good at Utah. Mm. Uh, that name will be out there. It I will. would also mention you said Jeff Trailer would be one that I think you Jeff, fear the most. That's the whole, to me, that's, that's the right fit. That's the right fit. It's not a, it might not be a splash hire, but it's the right hire. Agreed. They got recruiting uh, and coach ball. Yeah, and he knows Texas and every oh, high school man. coach in Texas. Oh, and, high school coaches would just love that. And, hire. you know, the big oil, I mean, the guys who are going to help supply the NIL, they're going to love the guy. Man, he's he speaks the language. He, he has sounds the twang. Like Beast Texas. <laughs> he, does, he, he sounds does. like Beast Texas, man. He, he does, does, man. I'm with you. I, I, think that, I think that's a no-brainer for me, but we'll see. They might want something, something flashier. And, and, you know, this where the Aggies' ego might get in the way, and he may not be a big enough. Yeah, name. exactly. They want some flashy. But Ross Bjork needs to hire the right coach. Next period. Um, you know, it's look when, when Steve Sarkeesian was hired, a lot of people that said Urban Meyer. That it should have been Urban Meyer. Go get yeah, Urban Meyer. I remember that, and I, I was actually I, I supported that but move course, too. But of course, yeah, Urban had gone off to the NFL at that point. And then we've we seen what Urban became in the NFL. Different sports, but nah, I don't know if I trust Urban anymore. I think most Texas fans, I still still think there's some holdouts believe Sark was the right guy and is the right guy where he has Texas and where they're headed, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but that's what the Aggies need right now. They don't need a splash. They need a good football coach. Yeah, I agree. Who, who can check the boxes. Yep. Mike it, Norvell would. He would. Jeff uh, Trailer would. Jeff Trailer would. Dan Lanning would. There's some guys. Dan Lanning. I mean, look, I, mean, I think as a, as a, if you're Ross Bjork, you, you would go, okay, who's the best young coach in college football? Dan Lanning. Okay, well, then you call him, right? You, you at least call. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, make them tell you no. Make them tell you no. Make them tell you no. That, 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 I think that should be the case for everybody at a big-time program like you at A&M. Hey, who cares if they're out of your league? Just call them. Make them tell you no. That's all they can say is no. Yeah. It's like hitting on the hottest girl at the club. All she can say is no. No, thank you. Now, what if she says yes? Exactly. Gotta, <laughs> well, because, look, there's going to be the what argument. Because yes. Dan Lanning came in from Georgia where he replaced Mario Cristobal, who bolted to go back to Miami. And – you know, does he, is he more of a, you know, like to be in the Deep South guy and be in the SEC and mm-hmm. compete Never against know. that? And, or is he happy at Oregon? Those, you just got to feel that. Kalen DeBoer's name will be mentioned, the Washington oh, coach. That's another good one. I don't know if he fits there. Fit isn't in the question there, but he's a good coach, man. He's a hell of a well, good coach. Well, we know Kalen DeBoer and Dan Lanning have been big on recruiting the state of Texas. They, all the way to the great Northwest, they come down here and take players. Um, you know, that's what they're well, – certainly Dan Lanning is. But, uh, all right, so we'll keep an eye on that. Aggies are open, and they owe Jimbo Fisher $78 million over the next eight years. In cash. In cash. <laughs> Got to pay about their reports out of Aggieland. It's going to be almost $20 million here by the end of the year. Ooh, man. Can you Happy imagine? Merry Christmas gonna there, Jimbo. Awesome, Jimbo. Good for you, Jimbo. Because the contract that uh, Jeff, Jimmy Sexton worked out for him is uh, 20% up front, essentially, 20% of the total contract in the first 60 days or mm. 30 days of dismissal. Yeah. And then guaranteed payments, the Bobby Bonilla plan. Eight more years. <laughs> so you think Bobby, you think Jimbo's done coaching now with all this, this, this bread? He's I would gonna, be. He's going to go somewhere, buy an island, and just hang out and kick it? He's got a big ranch in East Texas. I know. Why would you want to come back and coach after having this much money? I, I don't know if I would. I wouldn't. I'd be done. Why mess with it? Why mess with it? You know, he's not going to be an analyst. He just That doesn't fit him. He's not going to be doing you know, analyst work as a college football insider. I think Jimbo might decide to just go away. I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, man. Who's, who's going to hire him? He, he, he's not going to be an OC. No. He's not going to drop down to that kind of role. I think well, he's got because, too much money to do it now. Well, but. there were a lot of people <laughs> at Florida State warning A&M, don't do this. 
Because the, the narrative was that Jimbo Fisher was not the problem at Florida State. It was their, you know, administration. They weren't investing in it. They had let Clemson pass them up with Dabo Swinney in the ACC, and mm-hmm. facilities were down. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jimbo Fisher looks like he was built a lot on Nick Saban and then Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, man. Jameis Winston won him a Heisman in a national championship and hasn't been the same. And it wasn't the same after Jameis Winston left Florida State, but he had the natty, and he had the connection to Nick Saban, which is why he got the huge deal originally with A&M. And then first three years at A&M, things went pretty good, including the 9-1 and COVID year, and they ridiculously give him, because there, I guess there was some flirtation with LSU uh, when Scott Woodward was looking for a replacement for Ed Orgeron that maybe Jimbo might be a guy, so they gave him the guarantee, and now you have to eat it. One thing to consider, though, when you are hiring coaches, and this is even something to consider. I'm not saying it should be the, you know, uh, end-all, be-all um, and should be, you know, a huge determining factor. But when you're talking about football at the college and the pro level and you're looking at a coach trying to evaluate their performance, you have to look at the quarterbacks that they've had. You have to. I say this about the NFL coaches all the time. The best NFL all-time great coaches are the ones who have won and competed in multiple Super Bowls without Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Those are the best ones. And the truth is, it's, it's a lot easier to win Super Bowls. Joe Gibbs. When you go, <laughs> yes, Joe, Bill Parcells, yeah. right, to get there without the Hall of Fame quarterback. That's really hard because you go look at it, 95% of all your Hall of Fame coaches, Super Bowl winning coaches, they did it with a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> Made their life easier. This is something to consider with Jimbo, right, with Jameis Winston. It happened with it happened in Aggieland. As a matter of fact, with Johnny Manziel, how many careers were made off of Johnny Manziel's running going? Oh, fortunes, I mean, fortunes, exactly. Fortunes and and coaching careers now going. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin maybe yeah, wasn't Cliff that King's good. Very wasn't that smart. Exactly. Maybe Johnny was just that good. And I'll say this even: I think Jeff Trey is a hell of a coach, but I haven't seen him without Frank Harris. That's a fair point. I would uh, say he's a hell of a coach, but Frank Harris is a – He's got to a, keep his same quarterback for six years. <laughs> right? It's right. Thank you. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but, man, that's rare to have a quarterback that long in the same system with the same coach. I, I would love – I think it has to be a consideration. It, I would love to see him without – one or two seasons without Frank Harris because it, it just we've seen that in so many different situations at different levels. Man, this, this coach was a damn good coach. I was out. Oh, actually, that quarterback was pretty good. We're, we're talking about it right now with Belichick well, and how say, good Belichick has been compared to when he was with Brady. I would say that in this day and age, with the portal and NIL, oh man, no big time program should go into a season without a quarterback. At this point, okay. you should, they're, you, they're out there. They're out there for they're you. They're there for you. They're out there for you. But my point is like, <laughs> oh, I, no, I don't. I, I think that's a great day. I think Jeff Trey is a hell of a coach. I don't. And by the way, they will find plenty of good quarterbacks at A and M. But it's just something to consider when you evaluate. I think that's a great day to point. Evaluating that's, coaches. That's, that's yeah. on on the money. Uh, without a doubt. So that's the Aggie search. We'll see if Arkansas comes available. We know we have the Jim Harbaugh story uh, with Michigan. There will be a hearing on Friday. Will he be able to coach at Maryland? Obviously, the Ohio State game. The Saturday after Thanksgiving becomes the bigger conversation for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines, who, you know, you got to play James Franklin in a big game. That's always good, right? You feel good, <laughs> even if your head coach isn't there. I don't know how. And James Franklin <laughs> fires his offensive coordinator. I know. Like it's not about him. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. He just fired the also like, hold on, what happened? Why did the get fired? I guess. I mean, the, the offense was explosive. Prior to that one game, it was actually a, a really good offense. Prior to that two big games, I should say, it was considered a good offense. And now I guess somebody's, somebody's got to take the blame. Up, James. Yeah, somebody's got to take the blame for that loss. But honestly, guys, I hate to say it, James Franklin, because I'm a fan of James Franklin, it's him. He well, just, they aren't going to fire him, but in the yeah. end of the day, the season's burnt. It's like Dak Prescott, right? The season won't be a success if they don't win in January. You're right. If he didn't beat either Michigan or Ohio State, one of them. One of them. Fail season. Failed season. You go ten and two the rest of the way. It's a failed season. He is one. James Franklin. 
one in 15 straight up versus top five teams, three and 22 straight up versus top 10 teams, <laughs> four and 15 since arriving at Pitt State, four and 15 um, versus Michigan and Ohio State, three and 16 versus AP top 10 teams. One in eleven versus top five teams. So I take it back. He has won one big game, one or two. Can I, can I didn't this, do it very often. Can I ask this question about the Big Ten? Because the deepest and best conference this year is you is the Pac-12. We know that because of quarterbacks. Because of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But has there ever been a a conference with more separation than the Big Ten than right now? With Michigan and Ohio State are number one and two in the country, or one and three in the country, depending on how you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And the third best team is Penn State. Beyond that, it's Iowa. It's Nebraska. It's terrible. I mean, the rest of the Big, 12, Big Ten is terrible, Rod. That'll change next year yeah. when they add Washington and USC and Oregon yeah. and UCLA, but it is bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the gap between one and two and the rest is really bad. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Mm, it's been a while, yeah, since you've had a – where the elite of that conference is so good, they may win the national title good. And then every – like you said, once you get to the third – best team, there's a significant precipitous drop. It's been a while. I don't know. Well, That's like a good Washington question. is the best team in the Pac-12. I think ACC had a couple of years like that, I thought, with Clemson really good. Yeah, Clemson, you're right about that. Clemson. Right? Yeah, but because uh, that one when Florida State slipped off and Miami yeah, slipped Miami off. Yeah, Miami slipped off. They had a couple of years like that. That's right. And I would say this. Think about this from the Pac-12. Washington's number five in the country in 7-0. and Utah, the two-time defending champions, are down at like sixth in the conference. <laughs> they're like they're four and three. It's crazy. And, that, and honestly, that's how tough that conference is. That's what I'm saying. That, that's yeah, how that, good it is. That, that is not an easy. Hell, man, they could beat you with their backup quarterback. Most teams in the country, they'd beat with their backup quarterback. Yeah, they're down at sixth place in the conference. That's Oregon, wild. Oregon State, Arizona, USC, Utah, UCLA. I mean, these teams, by the way, UCLA had a terrible loss this weekend. Uh, but either way, that's a uh, the Big Ten's going to take center stage here mm-hmm. with the Jim Harbaugh story, and then the Ohio State Michigan game. But let's, not, let's keep in mind, it's a pretty bad conference outside of those two teams. Like, yeah. like wretchedly bad. But, yeah, you said you may like have your Breaking national... records for over-under totals <laughs> in football games. Your national champion is a good chance they might be coming out of that conference. Now, the other thing I'll say on that front is it is kind of fun as we're watching Texas kind of, you know, survive in advance. Georgia and Alabama are both improving, and those two are on a collision course for one hell of an SEC championship game yeah. in three weeks. I agree with that. They look like they're separating from the rest of college football. They do. The elite class of college football right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so the 14 playoff, because people, Longhorns have a chance to get in there, but right now do they look like a team that belongs as a top four team right now? No. Probably not, especially without Jonathan Brooks. Uh, so just enjoy this ride. They're a top they, ten they team. They find their way in there. They could easily, because all you need is Florida State. Sure. To take an, uh, take an unexpected loss. They got through loss. that big Miami game. That Miami game was one of those yeah. possible stumbling blocks. Washington to take a, one of those Ooh, possible man, losses. Washington wins out. I mean, look yeah. out because they still have to play Oregon again. Yeah. That's, uh, that's their concern. Oregon just looks like they're a really good team. The, the Pac-12 is going to get a team in the way it's looking. So, right. so with the SEC and so with the Big Ten, uh, the hope is that for Texas, if you do want to get the college football playoff, you've got to take care of business, but also that the ACC's representative, which will be Florida State, that they take a loss somewhere. They slip up. They just slip up. You've got a chance. Hey, we come back. When we do, let's pick this conversation up. We will get to that Cowboys story uh, with see how many yards the Cowboys put on oh, the Giants yesterday. that's what we get into. We can Golly. do that. Yeah. Also, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time, talking Texas football coming off the 29-26 win at TCU, the terrible injury to Jonathan Brooks. Shame on that situation. Uh, just a shame. Not, not shame on anybody particularly, but just a shame that that happened to that young guy. We be, we'll be back. We'll also at uh, uh, what's popping before what's the end of the hour. In? including our producer, Ty, made a parlay bet this weekend that he didn't even remember he made. Forgot about it. He was distracted otherwise. <laughs> otherwise distracted, as they say, and made a bet that not only did he forget about, but he hit it. He hit it. That's parlay, found baby. money. That's like money in your jean pocket. We'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Monday on The Horn, it's Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Says, guys, when and if it happens, what does Sark's pay raise extension look like? And Sark is relatively underpaid to the to the national average. Obviously, he had to prove that he belongs up there. Yeah, once he makes a Big 12 title game, which we all think is highly likely, considering how they're playing, he'll get an extension. Yeah, he won't get it like at that time. It'll be in the offseason when the season's done, but he'll guarantee his extension once he makes the Big 12 title game. Here's a fair question. Says, when does Rod need dressing up since they lost the bet on baseball? You know, we're going to have to get a determination. Of, we don't have our cameras, cameras set up yeah, right now. So we, yeah. Uh, we had them up last week and the week before here in the home studio, but at the same time we had some audio audio issues, so we're going to try mm-hmm. to rectify that. Uh, you know, if we get that up and running, because I don't know what our plan, because you know people have asked about when we're moving back into our Horn headquarters. We moved studios, same soon. floor, just moved to the other side of the building. Soon, but I, you're thinking soon, Ty? I've been talking with uh, Dave Williams in here, and I think we might have a solution that we're going to work on. So hopefully, hopefully within cool. the next week. I, mean, I know we've been working on soundproofing because the the move the rooms we moved into in our building, same building, it's just they weren't built for radio station soundproofing. Our our you know company we you know whoever owns our building wanted to use that side of the building had a beautiful view whatever long story but we have to get them radio prepared uh, you need soundproof rooms rod yeah you do can't have echoes make sure because i'm loud can't you are loud i'm loud and i can be loud you don't want to hear <laughs> between rooms and got different multiple radio stations mm-hmm. and all that going on so that's what we're working on uh we technically could move in now but you might hear coke fm at the same time as us nah, through the wall that's yeah. why I, that's why i've been so quiet the past few weeks i know Ty. i know Ty. <laughs> uh but yes yeah, speaking of baseball we will pay off that bet uh, in short order uh, I will also say that uh, the Houston Astros are going to name Joe Espada their new manager today at a press conference. This is the name I've been liking. I've liked so you since like the that? beginning. Is that in house, right? Yeah, and I, I'm glad that they did due diligence and sort of looked around a little bit and uh, you know interviewed some people, got mm-hmm. some outside ideas, which yeah. I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it felt like Joe Espada. You know, Joe Espada. Dusty Baker was up there in years. Joe Espada ran spring training. Like when they get to spring, Dusty's not out there doing much. No. Joe Espada sets up this training schedule, yeah. sets up everything that they do. He so runs the entire on. six weeks, yeah. essentially. So he's been very hands-on with that team. And he's the bench coach. I mean, he's right there with Dusty Baker, so knows the locker room, knows the team. And uh, I think we'll do a really good job. And I think Astro fans will be excited about that. Joe Espada to get the spot. And, of course, uh, Ranger-Astro rivalry is on, and we will pay off that bet in short, speaking of uh, rivalries, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants has been a rivalry at times in oh. their past, but uh, this year was emasculating for the Giants. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys gained 640 offensive yards yesterday, Rod. It's crazy, man. 640. Now, again, this is very similar to what I said earlier in the year with the Miami Dolphins when they put up 70 on the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Broncos Bad were team. a part of that, too. Like, to give up 700 yards in an NFL game, Rod, with professional players. Just inept. 
It's terrible. And there's a little not trying kind of thing going on. With uh, we saw Saquon Barkley on the sidelines, you know, yelling at his team. You know, there's a give up factor right now for Brian Dayball's Dable, team. Yeah, he's he's looking bad. And then what, just like in the in the Dolphins game, once it gets out of control, you're there is a human nature element of. Oh yeah, once you've lost the locker room and you got people, guys, basically that have decided that they're no longer bought in, that they don't care anymore, uh, that, that can fester. That, yeah. can, that can spread real quick on your team, man. That can become like a virus on your team. And I think that virus has spread to the Giants. Like, they don't seem like they care that much. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, we'll see where this goes. But uh, Cowboys, though, man, I, I said since coming out of the bye week, Dak Prescott has looked as good and as control as I've maybe ever seen him. I mean, maybe short-term memory. But uh, I don't know that I've ever – because, remember, the offseason conversation was to, to build an offense around Dak that he's more comfortable in, that he can – be a bigger role on Tech Coast and the Tech, Tech Coast, Coast offense, baby. and you know, kind of stumbled out. But there were so many early blowouts for the Cowboys um, that we weren't sure. And then the Niner game came, and it was a disaster. Uh, but since they had the bye week, it, he's come out and looked great against the Rams. I came in on that Monday saying, "Rod, man, the, go look at the go to do the film on this because this guy looked assertive." He you know, it was really when Jake Ferguson developed as his, mm-hmm. one of his go-to guys with CD Lamb, and they just started getting to feeding CD. And he is just as confident as he can be. So back-to-back, three straight really good games for him because the Rams game was good. The Eagles game was a loss, but he threw for 370. Yep. Didn't turn the ball over. It was just about those near inches and red zone failures that were so discouraging. Uh, but then last yesterday, 404 and four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And I'll make my claim again, and you fantasy football players out there can join me. Tony Pollard goes down as the worst first-round draft pick in fantasy football this year. Mm, you can make that argument, yeah. Because he's, he's, he has the most consecutive touches in the NFL right now without a touchdown. And, Rod, yeah. a team – so you, when you're drafting players in fantasy, year-long fantasy, you're looking for teams that score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for teams who – you know, you get a lot of touches on a team that scores a lot of points. Because, that, you know, any, any number would tell you. If you're, on a, you know, if, you're, if you're getting players that are on a team that don't score a lot, that play low-scoring kind of games, well, they're only going to score a couple touchdowns a game. So what are the odds your guy gets mm-hmm. that touchdown? That becomes the question. No, you want a team that scores a bunch of touchdowns. Yep. And you're like, you want Dolphins players. You want, you know. Eagles. Eagles. Dolphins. Niners. Used to be Chiefs were like that, but now it's just Kelsey. So if you're an owner of Tony Pollard like I am in two, no, in one league, right? You had a game. And you just said he's been the, the most touches without a touchdown in you know, oh, history. Yeah, this season. This season. No, this season. No, no other player in the NFL has more touches without a touchdown. <laughs> Consecutive. Well, the Cowboys just scored seven <laughs> touchdowns in one game. Seven. Seven of them. And he's the lead running back. Starting running back. And didn't get one. Didn't get one. <laughs> and also, he's a the threat in the passing game and did not get a touchdown. Seven touchdowns. I don't know how that happens. And what's said, something's up either. He, he's not – he's health-wise not feeling as explosive as he was last season. Or the Cowboys, because of him coming off the injury, they don't have the faith that he is explosive as he once was. Either way, it just ain't working. One thing that is working is CD. And, and – in the last three games, how about this little number for CD in the last three games? Because I think he's the best receiver in the NFL in the last three games. He's, he's playing like that. He's got 500 receiving yards in the last three games. 500 receiving yards, four total touchdowns, 34 receptions, 17 receptions of 15-plus yards in the last three games. I said prior to the uh, bye week, I said, Cowboys got to get CD Lamb the ball because he's playing like the best receiver in the NFL. The analytics would was back that up. If the Cowboys are not force feeding him the football, they're not targeting him enough. After that bye week, 
They started targeting him. Look what happened. Now he's playing like the best receiver in the league. Yeah, it ain't is. rocket science, <laughs> right? You need the scheme to match up to his, his style of play and his level of play. And by the way, give him props too because he was complaining, saying, I'm open. I'm open. I'm like Jamar Chase. I'm 7-11, man. Throw me the football. He wasn't lying. He's yeah, open. If you're, if you're doing a hierarchy of best receivers in this league, he is certainly very oh, high up there. It's like there. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and CeeDee Lamb right now. Yeah, I'd put, I'm not making I'd that put up. Jamar up there too. But, yeah. but, and with Joe Burrow, he had a big game yesterday with Joe Burrow. Those two, you know, their combination goes back to college. But, uh, yeah, I mean, CeeDee's playing great. He had a rushing touchdown. He scored a passing touchdown. Everybody got a touchdown but Tony Pollard. I'm just, Rico Dowdle got a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> ain't no fun. Your homies can't have Come none. on, man. And Rico does look more explosive he does. Uh, than Tony Pollard. There's That's no doubt. discouraging. But CeeDee Lamb, great first-round pick. Tony Pollard, not so much. Uh, the, the Cowboys with Dak, though, and big Dak energy, he's got three straight games with 300-plus yards and three at least three passing touchdowns. Um, he would be, uh, if he gets to four, if he gets to four, he'd be just the fourth quarterback in the Super Bowl merger, since the Super Bowl merger, to have it have three, have four straight games, excuse me, with 300-plus yards passing and three passing touchdowns. Uh, the three ahead of him would be Steve Young, Patrick Mahomes, and Peyton Manning. That's it. That's it. Amazing. That's it. Yeah. Uh, well, Cowboys are on a roll. And uh, as we said, they got to take advantage of this three-game stretch. That's the Giants, the uh, Panthers, and then the Commanders on Thanksgiving because then it gets really tough November into December mm-hmm. with a five-game stretch against all playoff teams, um, including another matchup with the Eagles. So, yeah, uh, great win. 49 yeah, I don't know that I've seen a game. I mean, maybe that Miami-Denver uh, game that, so, that was so one-sided. So one-sided. No, you're right. I, I, I remember watching. It looked like the varsity team playing at freshman. The Giants couldn't even get out of their own end zone for a while. Remember they were stuck like back so in their bad. own end zone? The Cowboys outgained the Giants by 468 yards. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's the differential. That's the largest, largest differential in the NFL in a game in 44 years. Can it's I give 44 years since a team got outgained that badly. <laughs> I give one piece of love before we go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time and get to what's popping before the top of the hour, including Ty's parlay bet he made with um, – without remembering, uh, Jaden Daniels, or Jalen Daniels, the quarterback at LSU. Oh, yeah. So this is another reason why Billy Napier might not make it out of Florida this year. He's 5-5 five and five now. They played at LSU, and Jalen Daniels threw for 372 yards and three touchdowns, Rod, and ran for 234 yards and two touchdowns. Mm. Five, almost 600 total yards from one player. He's a problem. He's a problem. Well, he Billy is. Napier, you've got to do better than that. I mean, yeah. uh, that is a problem. But, yeah, LSU got their win. That was a, one of the great performances. And that launches him into the Heisman conversation. You start putting up numbers like that in an SEC contest. Come on now. Jalen Milrow did the same thing. Right, well, three passing touchdowns. Guess what, Jalen Milrow. Three rushing touchdowns. I'm like, what the hell? Thank God we got well, him. That, but you know what? <laughs> if you read the betting houses right now, Ron, mm-hmm. that, that rematch mm-hmm. in, the SEC, in the Pac-12 championship game between Michael Penix and Bo Nix will also likely decide the Heisman Trophy. Whoever plays better in that game is likely to win this if you're looking oh, at Oh, you're talking about the Heisman the odds? Uh, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, that makes sense because they're one and two. Yeah, I say Penix should be the front runner right now. Well, they get, they're going to play again. It looks, I mean, they're going to play again in the Pac-12 title game. That could decide, obviously, a Final Four spot and could decide the Heisman Trophy. Damn. Yeah. All right, let's it's get nice. to uh, Behind the Burn Orange Curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Yeah, that is 606 total yards for Jalen Daniels in one game. That's 606. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, the Jalen, if Jalen, if actually the uh, quarterback for Kansas, Jalen Daniels, <laughs> actually could play, man, the, the Jalens and Jadens would be having a damn good year all together. Um, okay, let's get to Texas football real quick while we got a little time. 
I was uh, watching the, I think it was my third rewatch of that Texas TCU game, watching the Texas defense specifically. And one thing that started to concern me, uh, and it's become an issue for the Texas defense probably since that U of H game. And since that U of H game, and uh, Houston did a really good job of just exposing Texas, using certain concepts that expose Texas in a variety of ways defensively. And one thing they did, as well as any team that's played Texas so far this season, was they essentially exposed how Texas uh, was weak and vulnerable against inside breaking routes, crossing routes, drag routes, overs, unders. Uh, we're talking about you know post routes, skinny posts, slants, in routes, burst routes, glances, angle routes. You get it, right? Anything that's in breaking. Because um, U of H was great. They were, uh, you know, they were actually. Um, really explosive on those plays. They had eight explosive plays on inside breaking routes against Texas in that U of H game. And, it, and, and I think that's when we saw, man, Texas really needs to shore up their whole players. That's when you got inside help on inside breaking routes. Or in, you need the DBs to practice better inside leverage and execute better inside leverage. That's when they're taking away the inside cuts. But we've known all season long that Texas has struggled passing off receivers in coverage, whether it be uh, man coverage or whether that be the zone coverage. When they pass off receivers in coverage, there seems to be breakdowns, miscommunications. And it happened again in that game versus uh, TCU. And it was the inside cuts. Now, TCU actually was doing this all game long. They just got really good at it toward the end of the game in the second half. But they completed 80% of their inside cuts, anything with an inside break, uh, over 10 yards per attempt. And if you go look at that, a first down uh, rate of around 60% first down rate when they were throwing into inside cuts. That is really high. And it does track because going into that game, Texas defending inside cuts was actually uh, struggling too. They were allowing over 70% of inside cuts to be completed in the last three games prior to the TCU game. Uh, over 12 yards per attempt, 36% explosive play rate. Now, th that is that's troubling, to say the least. And I think since U of H, every team that Texas has played since has doubled down on this philosophy. U of H did it a lot, but so did BYU, so did K-State, and TCU as well. TCU actually uh, had the second most inside breaking routes behind U of H in the last four games. Texas got to figure that out against Iowa State. Why do I say that? Let me give you an Iowa State number from 2022 about inside breaking routes. Uh, they completed 90% of their inside breaking routes against Texas in 2022. 90%. Um, when they were targeting bunch formation, which is also something Texas struggled with uh, last season, uh, Iowa State, when Texas was targeting bunch formation against Iowa State, Texas allowed an 86% completion percentage. Um, over eight yards per attempt when teams were targeting players out of bunch formations. And that's something that also came up in uh, this game. All right, came up in the TCU contest. When TCU was targeting bunch formations, they were over 88% completion percentage, eight yards per attempt when they were targeting uh, players out of bunch formation. That's just clustered, uh, closely clustered groups of receivers. But going into that game, Texas was allowing 78% completion percentage on the season, uh, over 12 yards per attempt. And if you look at the explosive play rate, there were over 35% explosive play rates on plays where the opposing quarterback was targeting bunch formations. 
Um, if you look at just kind of against, and I and I I've broken this down versus starting quarterbacks. I did not count the games where Texas was was playing against backup quarterbacks. That Baylor game, the Kansas game, uh, the Wyoming game. I pretty much took those games out of my sample size. Just not worth it. Those teams didn't practice with those backup quarterbacks. Different game plan than they would have had if they did practice all week. And a lot of them were last-minute scratches. So I just took those out of my sample size. So if you're wondering, man, that's a lot. I took. I only did it with starting quarterbacks. So versus starting quarterbacks, that's where Texas is struggling with all these concepts. But either way, you're going to see that versus Iowa State, I guarantee you, because Iowa State had a lot of success with those concepts last season. Um, just told you, when they were targeting bunch formation last year, 86% completion percentage, 8.2 yards per attempt. And also, watch in between the numbers, all right, in between the numbers from 0 to 19 yards. So right before you get to an explosive play, Texas last season against Iowa State um, allowed a t- over 12 yards per attempt, over 200 yards passing when – the Hunter Deckers, who's the starting quarterback, think, was throwing in between the numbers um, between 0 to 19 yards. So those are the places where Iowa State is going to attack Texas. I guarantee you they're going to target bunch because it worked last year for them really well, and it's worked really good this year for opposing teams going up against Texas defense. And they're going to run a lot of inside cuts because last year it worked for them, and it's worked against Texas this year. Uh, they're also going to throw in that sweet spot right in between the numbers between 0 to 19 yards because it worked for them last season too. So I can tell you all right now those three things Texas has to try to figure out and solve and remedy defensively because they're going to see a ton of it versus Iowa State. Not only because the film tells you you should run that versus Texas this season, but last season they were one of the teams that exposed Texas in those specific areas in 2022 when they probably – should have had a win against Texas in Austin. They yeah. just dropped it, literally. Xavier Hutchinson dropped the ball. He a did. touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. So, there good, go. good fortune. Uh, the Longhorns <laughs> have had some here, but uh, luck will run out if you keep putting yourself in that <clears throat> spot. Uh, Iowa State coming up Saturday night. Uh, weather, as we said, looking okay. Uh, but obviously we have all week to drill down on that. Still talking Texas TCU. Coming back with the uh, what's popping conversations, uh, including the Monday Night Football game. Does it interest you? Uh, the other big games that are out there. Also what's popping, the uh, couple of NBA teams in the state of Texas, and it's not the one that Wemby plays for. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. Ian Rod B. On the Horn. What's poppin'? Who you a Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that play stockin'. <laughs> Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the yeah, what's popping? Including uh, Dallas Cowboys, 49 points, 640 yards. C.J. Stroud popping. That's right. Setting uh, rookie records by the week. I guess the uh, the Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey conspiracy theorists out there like Ty, who don't believe the relationship is real, kind of took a hit this weekend with his trip to Argentina to see her in concert. Mm. As you said, pr- accurately, and Ty cannot argue with this, he still may be on the conspiracy th- you know, fence, but if, if, you're, if you're supposedly dating someone for marketing reasons and she's in Argentina, you're back home getting down. Right? Come on, man. That's, when, that's your chance. <laughs> she ain't nowhere to be found. Everybody's going to be – Because if it's fake, you're not getting any. Yeah. Come on now. He was there because he's following – he's following it. <laughs> he, he flew yeah. from – 
Germany come to on. Argentina because, of course, they played the Chiefs play in yeah, Germany. That's a, come on. And it's bye week? And it's bye week. So he's wait. This is your week to get some rest, too? No, he's like, nah, man, I don't need that rest. I need, I need my boo. I need some swizzle. I need me exactly. I and need my boo. And, of course, their, their embrace when she saw him at the, uh, backstage she and ran and hugged him. him. And so, jumped into so his cringy. arms. So cringy. But it's, uh, it's, it's real. You may not like it, but when, they're, they're trending towards uh, the, the it's real. real. I still don't Basically, Ty won't. Ty won't believe it until she's, like, pregnant with child. He's and then Ty will be like, you know what? I think I'm ready to, to believe it's true. It's real. I'm telling you, Ty. I believe it. I they, believe it from She's the changing song lyrics, man, and concerts for this dude. I'm telling you, Ty. I think it's real, man. And honestly, I think it may actually end up being a long-term thing. Well, and remember, he had, a, you. He, had a big, he had a big crush on her. When, when Remember his podcast? He was talking about, I, wanted to go to, I went to the show, yeah. and I wanted to hook her up with a bracelet. He had a friendship bracelet he was talking about getting. Yeah. yeah. A little, this was know, a pie-in-the-sky dream for him. You know, we're industry guys, plant. Hunters, he, okay. nah, Someone man, told him to do that. He didn't have to go to Argentina to, uh, to prove the, the industry plant at this point. You know what, and Ty, what if it did start out as a promotion, as like a marketing campaign, and then they actually did fall would, for each other? Yeah. I would believe like started, that. I, think it, I would believe that. I think more. it started – yes, I think it might have started out that way, and then they were like, actually, I kind of like him, and actually, I like her, and then boom, it blows up. Look, I mean, Mama you, likes her too. Did y'all get a chance to look Swift. at the video I sent y'all of Jason Kelsey earlier? I did not. I, I I'll have to you'll have to watch that. I will say – I will say that – you know, it might have been. I but look, they they're both Midwestern people. They both are about the same age, right? There, there's a lot that they're both at that point. They're probably trying to settle down. So there's some reality to that. Uh, and he liked her. She took to him. And you know, look, I, I'll say this: uh, when she's hanging, you said this, Rod. When she's hanging out in the suite and talking with mom, that's you know, you don't fake it with mom. No. And you don't invite like wives of players over for a watch party for the Germany game, like the third string quarterback. I, you know, powerful people don't have to do that. No. If they're trying to put on a stunt, right? They're, she's doing that because she cares about the team now. She's bought into the she team. She wants to be – she wants his friends to like her, his right. social circle yeah, to like her. Yeah. You can you can continue to push this this narrative if you wanted to without doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, That's what it. pushes it over. To, wait, wait a second. This is this. is There's a lot of substance mm-hmm. to this bad boy. I totally agree, uh, Good man. for them. Now, also, Poppin' Rod, are you paying attention? Uh, Houston uh, Rockets, Dallas Mavericks in the NBA – Houston Rockets, Rockets won like five straight or something? Six. Six straight. Wow. And, and last night was the was kind of the now pay attention moment because they started 0-3 for Ime Udoka. Remember they fought, they signed Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet and um, you know the free agency, the, uh, Dylan Brooks, spent a bunch of money and the young guys, uh, Ime Udoka. They started 0-3 and they've won six in a row. They beat Denver last night. Beat the Nuggets. Only the Nuggets' second loss this year. Beat wow. uh, you know, the defending champion. So keep an eye on Houston. That's popping a little bit in the early NBA. Spurs are 3-7 and seven to start the year for Wemby. They're three of their first ten. And how about uh, the Dallas Mavericks, 8-2, and two, Rod? 8-2. and two. Playing well, man. Yeah. Yeah, playing Kyrie, a little better defense. Yeah. We, Kyrie had 35 last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's showing up. Kyrie, this is probably as, I don't know, this might be as satisfied and might be as content as we've seen we've Kyrie no in a drama. long time. Yeah, he just, he's just content. He just wants to play ball. Good for him. Yeah, maybe they're finally getting the good Ty Kyrie because we know he was yeah, a mess from it. Cleveland to Boston mm-hmm. and Brooklyn. He seems as content as I've ever seen. Like, but probably this, he never comes across my timeline. No. That's how I know he's content and happy and satisfied because usually he's on my timeline saying something crazy or complaining or being upset about the last people. 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't seen no Kyrie on my timeline. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. All right, so that's popping too. Also, Broncos, Bills tonight. Uh, Bills at home. Could be some weather factors, but they're playing Buffalo, so they'll like it too. Ooh. Ty, you Remember put money on Denver? Ty, Ty made some money over the weekend. Yeah, Ty, Ty, tell us about your, your bet you oh, don't yeah, remember. Man. 
Um, Who you're taking tonight with your <laughs> Sex Panther pick of the night? I went over to this girl I've been talking to's house last night to cook some steaks, and she was like, hey, like, do you sports bet? Like, you, we, you should place a bet. We'll, we can watch some games. Uh, and so I did. I placed, like, a six-leg parlay, and then I, we completely forgot about it. Um, and then I woke up this morning completely expecting to have to pay my bookie some money. <laughs> and he texted me. He's like, how do you want me to send you your money? And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, oh, so you went to I almost shed a tear of joy because I was so stressed out about it. And now I'm just, so you just I'm threw up. together this parlay while you're trying to impress her while making steaks. And then you went to knocking boots and then you won the bet. Yes, Pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Yes. He placed he placed a parlay and got parlayed and <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> so good for you, Ty. You have a pick for tonight there, two eyes, at the Broncos or Bills? I'll take the Broncos and the points. I think it's at like seven, seven and a half. I'll go, I'll go ahead and take hot, They're hot. Hey, Longhorns an early eight-point favorite at Ames, Iowa. Keep an eye on that line. We'll hear more from Sark today. Injury to Jonathan Brooks. Where was Keelan Robinson? Uh, that'll be coming up. Also, obviously, Quinn Ewers. Uh, where is Sir. he with his overall health? That's all coming with Sark's weekly Monday news conference. We'll be parsing through that tomorrow, Rod. Hopefully, Ty gets parlayed tonight. That'd be cool. <laughs> Hopefully, all of y'all do. That's right. Uh, Ty, uh, Rod, have a good one, buddy. You too, brother. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com.